Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Hey guys, welcome to the NFL Podcast Mojo episode. It's Alex, and I'm joined by the best in the business, Dan, Laura, Lar, and Riley. Guys, it's time to talk things, all things NFL. But before we get into it, let's kick off with a warm-up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Why you set? Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. All right, guys, this week, our warm-up stories from panelists or things that have happened in sport. Feel-good moment. Dan, I'm going to throw it to you. What is your feel-good moment? Yeah, I, I think just with the theme of the week. So happy NADOC week, everybody. It's a very um, special time for Mojo um, as well as everyone around the country and our local community. So, um, yeah, reflecting on that, I'll just do a quick acknowledgement of country as well. I'm coming to you from the Newcastle, Hunter Valley area. So I'm on the borders of a few different nations around here, Awabakul, Waramai, as well as the Wanarua people. So um, you yeah, just want to pay my respects to elders past and present and um, celebrate NADOC. Um this week's theme is get up, stand up, show up, um, and just little, you know, just reflects on, um, you know, my time playing a little bit of um, rugby league uh, and playing into in some, um, you know, uh, some Indigenous games. I played an All-Stars game and it was just a very special occasion. So, um, the, I, I don't know, I, I'd sort of, I'd love to throw out a YouTube clip there, but Alex... I know you've got a bit of rugby union in your background, so I know you can keep pace with me. I know it's an NFL show, but there was an intercept um, and these little five foot seven legs was kind of moving. So, yeah, just sort of a little reflection was my 70 metre intercept um, in that All-Stars game against the Indigenous team during my rugby league days. That was probably my my sporting memory for you. I'm up here. Oh, look, if we're going off rugby, I got to go with you on that one. Probably my favourite moment from rugby was definitely back in college where it, we used to play West London Varsities because uh, I went to school over in the UK and it came down to our rugby game to see who was going to keep the cup and we won it last try, last two minutes of the game to retain the cup for that year. So that that's my feel-good moment. I have a lot of feel-good moments just when it comes to sport. But Laura, I'm going to pass it over to you. What's your feel-good moment for the week? I feel good moment for the week is actually one that happened a couple of days ago. I'm coming in tonight from Auckland. I was here for the All Blacks Ireland game and what a great atmosphere, great place to be. You know, there hasn't been any sport here since COVID, different to Australia where we have had rugby and crowds. This was the first time that Eden Park was back at capacity and just the feeling in the air, the love. It was a great night, great time and just great to meet so many awesome fans out enjoying the sport they love again. Yeah, it's it's good to have rugby back. It's good to see the All Blacks back, especially on home turf. I know that's a big thing for them. Uh, Laura, Riley, Laura, I'm going to start with you. I, I got to follow the theme. Do you guys have any rugby rugby stories? Uh, was that me? Did you say? Yeah, Laura, that's you. Yeah. Um, I feel pretty lax on the rugby side of things, which my my family would be unimpressed with, since my uncle was a wallaby, and I should really know more about my rugby uh, union. <laughs> but I've been following Wimbledon more so than um, the test that's been happening. Because I know, I think, was it Australia and England played last night? Um, but I think just, yeah, seeing Serena Williams again, even though she didn't get through, was pretty amazing. So I'm a bit more of a Wimbledon um, kind of gal over the last week or so. Yeah, no, it's good to see all those Aussies kind of get through and, and kind of 
almost reached quarterfinals and that type of thing. But Wimbledon was a great time. Riley, you get to round us off for the warm up. What's your feel good moment for the week? Yeah, I don't have any um, union stories from the week, but I was um, what I like to call drinks bitch at my girls' AFL games this weekend. Um, so the hydration specialist. And it was pouring down rain. Um, they played the same team they versed the week before, but both girls got the win this week. Um, and we're both sharks, so it was good to, to – so it's like we have a hold over each other, um, that we're the supreme as a bull shark over normal sharks. So um, <laughs> to get the win, my shoes were absolutely dirty. The girls were dirty out. It was just like good, solid footy. But yeah, we got the we got the dub. So nice. It's always it's always fun playing a little bit of rain. But uh, that's all we got time for a warm-up as we head into the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. How about those trees? A touchdown and a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback. All right, guys, this week on the NFL episode, we're going two huddles. We're going L.A. Chargers, New Orleans Saints, but we're going to kick it off with the Chargers. I'm excited for this one. Talk about a team that did well in free agency. Laura, I'm going to throw it to you. I've got to say it hurt me to see Khalil Mack walk out the door from Chicago. I mean, Riley's making a sad face right now, but talk about (laughs) two great edge rushers right now for the Chargers. Outstanding. Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa are just going to be such an explosive defense this season, which is what they really need. You know, coming through the end of that season, that loss to the Raiders, that really the Chargers were in that game. They had that chance. They came up eight minutes ago, 15 points, and they came through and they tied that forever time. Should have been theirs. And that game really highlighted the issues that they've been having with their defense and the inconsistencies all season. You know, the Chargers really picked the pockets of the Bears. Khalil, you know, should not have left. Chicago, he should have been there for a while, but hey, I'm happy to have him out of there. I'm happy to be able to bully both Riley and Alex any day of the week. So that was a great figure. But, you know, a big problem is that their defense was giving up too much yardage on the ground. You know, they gave up 22 rushing touchdowns last season at the bottom of the of the league with that stat. And they knew they had to go and they had to make things happen for themselves. And that's exactly what they did with that trade. 100%. I think they've definitely bolstered their defense Dan, I know you were up, a little bit upset to see J.C. Jackson go from New England, but, I mean, do you think this was right for them to bolster their defense with these many star players? Yeah, I, I think it's a team who are really taking advantage of not quite paying their quarterback. So, you know, you know, when I was, um, you know, looking at the J.C. Jackson situation, I was salty. I was upset. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I still don't understand um, who the New England Patriots are paying, by the way, but uh, apparently we couldn't afford him. Um, but yeah, look, it's great to see a team take advantage of that rookie contract because that bill is coming due uh, very, very soon. The Chargers are going to have to pay Herbert something absolutely historic. So, you know, the ability to bring in Mac and J.C. Jackson and a few others, you know, their times now um, – it's an unbelievably stacked division. So, you know, whilst, you know, if the Chargers were in any other division, they'd probably be the out-and-out favourite. But, you know, these sort of moves, they, they allow you to sort of, you know, keep your head above water and, you know, it's going to be going to be really close. But, yeah, look, the Chargers, they've, they've, they've had a leaky secondary for quite a while. So it's good to see, um, you know, JC Jackson get that, uh, make that move. 100%. 
Riley, Justin Herbert, he, he's he's a good-looking quarterback. He's young. I feel like he still has a lot to learn. They've bolstered the defense around him. They picked a couple guys up in the draft to help that line. But do you think that this, like, they have the offense to be able to succeed and get into the Super Bowl this coming season? Yeah, I'm actually really excited to see their um, offense get a bit more of a go. Herbert's only going to get better, um, and I'm a big Keenan Allen fan. Um, as a wide receiver, like playing myself, I actually love his style of game. Um, he's quick, he's shifty, he gets good yak. And then I've got Eckler out of the backfield, who is a draft target for all my fantasy games because he just – he just he can make something out of nothing, and um, and I think that with Herbert's wheels that he's got behind him, you know, moving on from Philip Rivers, who was just a stationary target, they're going to have a lot more firepower, especially with the defense getting better. They're going to give their offense more time on the field. So I'm really excited to see how they go, and I think they will. Like I think it's going to be a big challenge to see who actually comes out on top of that. Um, division because there's three really solid teams in there, if not all four, that can make a go. So, yeah, it was good to see kind of the Chargers kind of step up and bolster their defense. They did it in the draft, they did it in free agency. So, that was definitely where their focus was, which is good to see because they definitely had those kind of people on the offensive side of the ball. Lara, my question to you when we look at their draft, they went mostly secondary. Some O-line, some backup wide receivers. Is there any holes that you think this Chargers team has that might limit them from getting to the Super Bowl next year? Um, I'm going to be pretty wild and say I don't see a lot of holes. I don't know if they're going to get to the Super Bowl just yet, but I'm not seeing a lot of holes. I think that um, the offensive lineman that they drafted, Johnson, in the um, early round, I think that's going to be really exciting, especially when um, Rashawn Slater played so well last year and they have a brilliant centre in Corey Lindsley who they pinched, I think, from the Packers, which is exciting. Anybody pinching players from the Packers for me is exciting. Um, So I... I, I think it's great. I think it's really, I think it's a really exciting team and just adding in like the safety, Doan James, um, to sort of sit with the cornerback and that new defensive line. I think it's really exciting. Perhaps linebackers might be kind of where they need to like go a little bit, but I just think Joey Bose has been double teamed for so long. Having Khalil Mack on the other side is just going to open him up and, He's a wrecking machine. I think it's going to be pretty great. Um, And look, the only other thing I'd add in is on top of Justin Herbert doing very well, he's really um, gotten very buff. So that is also exciting. You know, top tips from me this week. Watch out. Laura. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, Justin Herbert did come through with 15 intercepts last season. And, you know, those are kind of growing pains. And I think they, you know, what the Chargers is, they went out and they solved that problem too. They got an absolute steal with Jeremy Sawyer. They picked him up in the sixth round, 195th pick, you know, a guy from Georgia who really shouldn't have dropped that far. His injury record kind of saw him slip from what we projected would be about a third round pick, you know, coming in as an offensive guard, he can protect Justin Herbert, give him a little bit more time and hopefully help limit those intercepts so he can focus on where he's putting that ball. I think it was good to see them just kind of bolster their team altogether. Right. They bolster their defensive free agency. They got those younger guys that are going to 
that probably aren't going to start. They're going to sit on the bench. They got to learn. They got to put in their reps, which is good because we saw last season kind of teams go through major injuries. So I don't know if the Chargers are prepping for something to happen this season, um, but clearly they've got the depth there. Look, they went nine and eight sitting middle of the pack. Do we see them sitting in the middle of the pack to, to go into this next season, Laura? Oh, I was just going to add in to follow on from what you were saying. I think one of the things that pushed them to do so much with that depth is Brandon Staley, perhaps as a head coach, forgot how important it was to have a really good defense. And I think he's tried to make up for that with not only the offseason trades, but some of the drafts as well. So I think he's really trying to go to to, to recorrect the ship that he might have lost uh, touch with a little bit. Uh, what would your record be for them this season? Still sitting at nine and eight, or do you think they're going to do a lot better with this defense that you got? I would love to say that they're going to get 10 or 11, but I'm, I'm going to go with 10 and I'm skeptical because it's the Chargers. And they always something happens. Something always happens. Yeah, but I'll go ten. I just think it's going to be better. I'm not sure. <laughs> they do seem to go that way. Look, I think I was devastated to see Kilmack go. You know, we know I love the Bosa boys, so I always got mad respect for them. I think it's going to be a struggle for Kilmack as long as he stays healthy. I think if those two are healthy. It'll be interesting. We haven't seen full seasons out of the two of them yet in the past kind of couple of years. So if we can get full season out of both of them, I think the Chargers are going to be dominant. Super Bowl, I don't know. Too early to tell probably, but I'm going to go 10, 10 wins, I think. I think there's going to be some growing pains there. Dan, what are your picks for the Chargers this season? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I've got them down for 12 wins. So I'm going to be a little bit bold here. Um, and I'm only saying that because, you know, I don't, I don't mind the look of Staley, but if he doesn't get that, he's out the door. Um, can't stress this enough. You know, they've got a limited window before they pay Herbert. And, you know, once they pay him, things are going to change for the Chargers. They're not going to have this stacked roster. They're going to look a little bit different. So now's their window. And I think this division, um, the only thing that's worrying me a little bit about my prediction there is it's going to eat each other alive. They're going to take so many, um, you know, wins off each other. So, look, it's going to be challenging. But for the Chargers, if they're a contender, they have to get to 12 Will they get there? It, it's it's going to be tough for sure. Laura, we've got 10s. We've got 12s. We're sitting in the double-digit range for the Chargers. What do you think? Double digits or do you think they're still going to sit at 9 and 8? I'm keeping them in those double digits. You know, I think um, Tom Telsco coming out of his 10th season really showed, okay, I have to make some moves. I have to help my team out. And I really do see them sitting at that 12 win mark. I think they need to exactly like what Dan said. And I also think Justin Herbert too is really going to come into his own this season. He had a few issues last season. You know, Keenan didn't perform the way that we all expected him to. Um, so I really do think that this is going to be just his time to, to come out and really put his mark on the league. All right, Riley, you get to round us off. Are you sitting in double digits with the rest of us or are you going to be a little bit harsh? Because I tend you tend to be the more critical one out of all of us. Nine and eight or double digits? No, I'm... I'm going double digits um, in the thought that Mac is going to stay healthy. Um, I reckon I'm staying on 12, um, but I think if he if he's out more than five games, I reckon they drop down to 9 or 8. So it all, it'll all stay on that. All right, well, fans heard it here first. Everyone's got to stay healthy for the Chargers to at least make 10. So otherwise we're calling 9. Um, but now it's time to move on to our next team of folks in the huddle, and that's the Saints. So who that nation? Talk about a struggle towards the end of that season. I have a soft spot for the Saints. They always seem to take the Ohio State players. So it was great to see another Ohio State player, Chris Olave, go there. 
Um, Laura, my question to you, we've got a new head coach in New Orleans. This is the 17th head coach for the franchise, 12 seasons with the Saints underneath uh, Sean Payton as an assistant. How do you think Dennis Allen is going to go? Do you think this is the right pick for them? That's such – I think that is the question for this season. I think that is what a lot of this rests on. Um, and I have no idea how to answer that really apart from to say – I think keeping it in in house in the building this year with the moves that they've made is actually really sensible. It's going to be a fairly easy transition, and I think the players have really liked him. He's been around for a really long time. I think he's going to have really good rapport, and I and I think he's going to um, kind of follow along in sort of similar footsteps. So I think if you're going to try and win it all, which is what I get the sense that they're trying for this year, um, if you have to replace Sean Payton, I think this is the right move. So I am nervous, but I'm not skeptical. I'm excited. Totally. I think this is the choice that was sensible and made sense for the Saints. You know, they're in a year as well where their quarterback situation is kind of staying the same. I don't know if everyone here saw, but about a week or two ago, Cam Jordan came out defensive end for the Saints. And he said, wow, since we've had Denison, I've realized again that actually defense can win games which is a funny thing for a guy that to come out and say, but, you know, he's talking about this confidence that's been re-injected into this team that, you know, lost their identity a little bit. They lost Drew Brees. You know, they lost Michael Thomas, didn't have him play a single snap last year. And I think that really affected morale. Alvin Kamara out for those four games, which saw four losses in a five-game lose streak in the middle of the season, blown out by the Bills, losses that should have actually been theirs against the Titans, and even losing to Philly. I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. But, you know, I think what Dennis looks to bring is the same system that they do kind of know, but a fresh take and, you know, a re-injection of that confidence and of that excitement that I think these players have been missing. Uh, You mentioned that quarterback situation, and we do think it's interesting in New Orleans. You know, they've got Jameis Winston there. (laughs) They've got Andy Dalton there. I can't say without chuckling or laughing as a, as a Bears fan. Um, I, I guess, Riley, my question to you is, is that someone Jameis Winston really wants to be learning off or sitting in front of? And do you think Andy Dalton will get any snaps in New Orleans? Because let's be honest, he didn't really want to take any in Chicago. Look, I've, I've never rated Winston as a quarterback, so I think I'm real critical with him. Um, one of my favorite things, not – Last year, I think it was the year before, was Stephen A. Smith um, calling him 30 for 30, um, but not the documentary series because he threw 30 interceptions on a like the last pass of the season, I think, for a pick six and 30 touchdowns. Like, no one does that. He gets, you know, he's such, he was such a turnover machine um, to which Andy Dalton is no better. So I don't know what they're expecting that locker room to be, but I think having the addition of Jarvis Landry um, there is going to be, I'm, you know, he's an LSU boy. I've loved him since I started watching him play back in college. He is an excellent slot receiver. Um, so to have him uh, like added to their offense when you've also got Michael Thomas, even though I hate him, and I think he's a winger. Um, he's got Alvin Kamara out the backfield. He's going to absolutely just – their quick pass game, I think, is what's going to settle him down. Winston's going to have a much better year. 
I don't see Dalton taking the field unless Winston goes down again. Um, so that's, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm going to ignore you said that about Michael Thomas as an Ohio State fan. Again, I'm just going to keep reiterating that one. So we're going to ignore that comment there. Dan, we've, 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 we kind of touched a little bit, and we touched a little bit on that free agent, free agent kind of signings that they've had. Riley mentioned Jarvis Landry. They've got J.P. Holtz, tight end from Chicago. They had Taco Charlton, Justin Evans, Jaylee Johnson, and Tyree Matow, again, who's an LSU boy who's coming home. Do you think they focus more on their free agency than they did their draft? As they only had, what, one, two, three, four, five picks in the draft, and they were kind of a little bit all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to get a read on the Saints. You know, what I would say about them is that they're a very tired franchise, in my opinion, so much so that, you know, Sean Payton walked away because he's like, you know what, I am tired, I'm exhausted, I need a break. You guys are totally exhausting. And I, and I just feel like... You know, I just wonder who is going to be the player or players that are really going to reignite this football team because they do look like that. They're a tired football team who, you know, the defense has carried this football team for so long. The offense has been absolutely awful and they find themselves in a really difficult spot with the quarterback position. Look, I, I was, it was good to see they were able to, you know, bring in a few, um, you know, free agents. I, I felt like it was really weird to watch some of these struggling franchises not take advantage of some of the veteran players that are still out there. Um, it, it's, it's a really weird free agency. I mean, um, Jarvis Landry, say what you want about him, but he was a nice little pickup. They're going to be paying him peanuts. So, look, I, I feel like, you know, the Saints, they're a very, very difficult team to get a read on. But, yeah, I'm still waiting to see who is going to be that player that's really going to reignite this franchise. Is it Jameis Winston? Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd be putting my money there. Yeah, I don't think it's Jameis Winston. It's definitely not Andy Dalton, that's for sure. But, uh, Laura, I know you got some thoughts on this one. Well, I think the highlight of the um, Saints' quarterback situation this offseason was them actually removing themselves from the Deshaun Watson conversation, and I think that pretty much sums it up. Nothing exciting, there's nothing happening, and that was the biggest news to come out of there all offseason, so, all preseason so far. So, you know, we'll see. Looks like they're doing smart moves there, unlike the Browns. Uh, so I guess we'll go around the grounds and we'll give our picks for their season. Look, I don't know. Again, it's kind of, it's just one of those teams. I was surprised for them to get nine and eight last year or last season. Sorry. Again, nine and eight. They've got some bolsters there. I might keep them at nine and eight. I don't see them doing any better, but I don't see them doing any worse. I think they plug poles that I need to. Uh, Laura, what do you think? Nine and eight, or are you going to be nice and go double digits? Are you going to be mean and go under lower than nine? I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go seven and 10. I really think they will come out. They will do a few good things, but I just don't think that they've done enough to really get them out of the hole that they're in in the division that Brady's kind of once again ripped them to shreds in. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, I like that from Laura. I'm, I'm going to go seven wins. I just feel like um, injuries, they've, they've got a curse on them at the moment, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Like, Every week when you watch the news, it's another Saints player who's been injured. So, you know, c- you know, can you see a Jameis Winston, a Michael Thomas, um, you know, get through an entire – an Alvin Kamara? You know, can you see these players – well, Alvin Kamara's been – yeah, he's got his own issues. But can you see these players getting through 17 games of football? No. So that, that's where I see a lot of their challenges. Seven wins for me. Laura? I am – Absolutely not on the same page as everybody else here. I uh, <laughs> I'm coming in with a with a wild take. I'm sitting at twelve. 
Um, yeah, I know. I can see all of your faces. I know it's it's a lot, but I reckon this is one of the best defenses in the league. League. This is the only team that always beats Brady and the Bucks consistently. For them to get nine and eight last year on a team where they had basically no quarterback and they had so many injuries is astounding. All they've done is have people come back from injury and they've increased not only in the off-season trade, but they had two first-round picks who are really, I think, going to be pretty good. I know Kamara is probably going to miss six games because of the um, incident in um, Vegas. But, again, you're going to think I'm crazy because I don't mind Jameis Winston. I do think that he's calmed down. And I do. I know, Riley, you're like, who are you? <laughs> I, I, I like, you know, he had surgery on his for, to fix, correct his um, eyesight. I, that might help. He had a, he's never really had a chance. He had such an awful injury. And in the lead up before that injury, he had like the highest completion rate of his career to date. He was far more consistent. And I am excited. They've taken Taysom Hill out of the running. They're putting him, him at tight end and kind of hatchet guy. I'm excited to see him. I'm take totally stepping out 12 wins. All right. Well, that that's a bold, bold prediction. So we'll see how your season goes for the same. I didn't hear that Drew Brees was re-signing. I didn't know that he came out of retirement. There's no other reason you'd make that claim. So yeah, Drew Brees and John Payton are all coming back to the Saints this season. You're out of here, Chris. Riley, sometimes you just gotta step out by yourself. I don't know. Riley, you get to round us off. Are you going 12, or are you sitting kind of around the single digit mark like the rest of us? Oh, I'm even lower. I'm going five. Oh. <laughs> And I think that they are going to go like one and five in their own division. I think that they're not going to get many. And that's if everybody's healthy. If not, then they're going lower. Really? Against the Panthers and the Falcons? Yeah, because it's it, it divisional. Every, you can never bet on a divisional game, no matter who it is. Everybody's got somebody's number. That's how the Saints always beat the Bucks unless it's the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. when it actually it, counts, all matters. Yeah, like it just—it's—it's it's always that you know we know how you play kind of thing. So what you usually can you know scare other teams with is what we actually expect. So mm-hmm. plus, I don't like them. So. <laughs> I mean, look, that's that's fair, and, and I'm sure we could argue this for days. But you know, we've got 12, we've got five. I guess we'll see you as the best pick by the end of the season. But guys, it's time to jump into rapid fire. The game of football spreading out and becoming more about getting athletes into open space. One universal truth is more evident than ever: speed kills. All right. So, question to you guys: We're going to change it up a little bit since. Focus a little bit more on that O-line, but who is the best right tackle, left tackle in NFL right now? Lara, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I think the one of the top two or three is an Australian guy called Jordan Mailata who plays for Philly Eagles. I am so excited and so thrilled for him. He'd never even put on a football helmet, let alone knew the rules when he was um, went over for three months. Uh, again, had never played a game when he was drafted in the seventh round by the Eagles. And Jeff Stoutland, their O-line cow- coach, who uh, 
does wonders, miracles with everybody, has coached him so beautifully. He is now, uh, just after a couple of years, probably the second best tackle in the league. So I am absolutely thinking that Jordan Mailata for the next 10 years is going to be one of the best left tackles that we've seen, which is exciting for Australian players. It sure is. Riley, what about you? What's your pick? Um, Look, he's not... He hasn't been doing great, but I'm going to go with Eric Fisher. Um, I think leaving leaving Kansas really kicked him. Um, he didn't have a great run in Indy, and I don't think he's re-signed with anybody at the moment, but I think whoever he does sign with, I think he's going to come out and have a beast of a season and really get that bigger contract that he's looking for. Um, I just think, yeah, he's, he's just a quick... A big, quick guy, and there's there's literally, there's international offensive lineman day, um, which we kind of make fun of in our team um, because it's a clean quarterback compared to the dirty O lineman, and it's we look like this so that our quarterback can look like this, um, and it's just like he, O lineman are treated so like unfairly, and I just think that he's. You know, I think I think he'll come out and have a great season, and yeah, I'm really excited to see him. Yeah, it's it's definitely a top pick there. Dan, what about you? What's your pick? All right, Lara has inspired me for bold takes, so bear with me. I'm going to go with the young fella, uh, Rashawn Slater, the left tackle for the LA Chargers. I just cannot believe that this kid is only 23. He is so young. He is so talented. He's already made a pro bowl. And, um, you know, obviously we spoke about the charges tonight and, you know, if he continues to keep Herbert upright, I I think, um, I I think he truly is very, very special. So um, if he's not the absolute best um, right now, I think halfway through the season, he could certainly be challenging for it. That's for sure. Laura. Yeah, I'm going to kind of stick to what I normally do. I like to keep it in sync with the episode for my rapid fire. I'm going to continue to go against the Saints and take the Bucks. Tristan Wirfs, look, came out one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen from a right tackle and, you know, continued with that last year. He got an all-pro nomination, and I think now that they've added Shaq Mason, that tandem duo is just going to absolutely dominate, and I'm excited to see it. So back in my man Brady, back in his guys. Let's go with Tristan. Yeah, look, this is going to be weird for me to shout out, and I think people are going to be like, Alex, are you still okay? But for me, it's got to be David Bakhtiari. Sorry, can't say his last name. Really don't want to as a a Chicago Bears fan. But clearly he does his (laughs) job trying to keep Rodgers upright. Um, So, And I think they got to give him credit where credit's due. Uh, So I think he's he's an excellent, excellent offensive tackle in the NFL because clearly he does his job because no one can get Rodgers and no one's been able to injure him in a couple years, and that's disappointing. So... Anyway, that's, I know, Riley clicking our fingers is very fans. Someone's got to take him out eventually. Um, but, guys, that's all we have time for. Always thank you to the best panel in the business. And that's the NFL episode for tonight. See you all later. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.